This is Masks Off. I am Tia Fagan. And I'm Kim Gross. Who are you behind the masks you wear? We are here to have real conversations about how to live a more empowered and authentic life. So join us, remove your masks, live your life. Hey, everybody. Welcome to another episode of Masks Off. I am Kim. And I'm Tia. And today we have a guest with us. We have Eden with us. And she's a 23-year-old, very woke girl. I cannot wait for this conversation and to see where it goes. I absolutely applaud and love the path that you're on. So I'm so glad you're here And before we jump in and hear more about your story, I'm going to start with our quote, as we usually do. So today's quote is, each of us must confront our own fears, must come face to face with them. How we handle our fears will determine where we go with the rest of our lives, to experience adventure or to be limited by the fear of it. And that's by Judy Bloom. And we're, we were wondering if you know who Judy Bloom is. She's, we're dating ourselves, but I read all of her books when I was a teenager. And I'm sure many of our listeners probably know who Judy Bloom is. But I love that quote. I love that. So before we talk about the quote and get into everything, how about if Eden, you just share with us in your own words your bio? Wow. Okay. You gave me the best introduction already. I love the word woke. I love it. I might point it for myself as well, but, and I apologize in advance for my voice guys. Here I am doing this interview, but (laughs) I'm going to try my best for you guys. But my name is Eden and I am on one mission in my life. And that is to impact the lives of 1 billion teens and young adults. Yes. 1 billion. I don't know if you guys know who uh, JJ Virgin is, but she's a lifestyle health expert and she is the first person I heard one billion. I want to change 1 billion lives and I'm all 1 billion. It's bold. It's broad. It gets me up in the morning and young people simply for the fact that I went through a lot when I was young, as I'm sure many of us have. And I didn't have an advocate, a a voice of reason other than a parent. But as you know, kids are kind of you know, embarrassed to share things with their parents. We feel like parents are there to inflict rules. Teachers are just mean, like whatever you think, right? And so I am here really trying to be that advocate that I never had for those young people who feel insecure, vulnerable, and voiceless. And I guess that's the best way I could say it. Love it. Ah, that's (laughs) awesome. It is Interesting that you said voiceless as you are struggling to have your voice right now <laughs> to, to totally, I just had to say that, put that in there. <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> but you're doing great so far. You're doing great. Yeah, exactly. And you know, hopefully your vocal cords will heal up quicker and sooner because you yeah. continue to use your voice because it's such a powerhouse in this world and so needed. And I love, yeah. I, I have no doubt in my mind, you are going to touch a billion lives. No doubt. Thank you. Thank you. you Absolutely. Like, for somebody who's so extroverted like me, shutting up is very difficult. I wouldn't want, <laughs> I, I want to be a speaker for a reason. Like I'm building this whole career for a reason. And now I have to shut up and be quiet. It's very difficult. 
There's an You're irony in that for sure. Yeah, for sure. So, yeah. You know, you are, you have this mission to help a billion people. And I love how you described all of that and how you're doing that and empowering young adults and teens. So what got you on this path? And you want to tell us a little bit of your story on how you realize this is your mission and your passion and your heartfelt desire. So tell us a little about your journey of how you are, where you're at today at 23. As again, as many of us did, we've gone through a lot in our lives. And, but at the time of me going through a lot that I did when I was young, I didn't recognize it as a traumatic experience. Usually we don't, we are just living through it until hopefully if you are lucky enough, you will gain the self-awareness later on in your life to recognize why you are the way that you are and who I am based on everything that I've gone through is, you know, a daughter of divorced parents. My parents separated when I was two a sister of a brother who's been addicted to drugs my whole life. Uh, He's still alive, but for how long, we don't know. Um, I spent the first 10 years of my life flying back and forth from California to Georgia, California to Georgia to see mom, dad, mom, dad. And for a lot of kids, you might think that's not normal. But for me, I was like, no, this is just what life is like. That's, that was my upbringing. And that went on until I was 10 years old. And when I was 10, my father went to prison on a life sentence. So he's been in prison for 12 years. And our communication has consisted of letters, phone calls. I've visited, visited him maybe four times. And, you know, sometimes you ask yourself how how did I ever get through some of those very difficult moments? I would never wish that on anyone. I never would want to go through it again. How could I even have done it the first time? I don't know. You just did. Somehow you just kept on keeping on. And that's what I did. So I was very vulnerable, very insecure growing up, which stemmed into what eventually led into being sexually assaulted when I was 15, just doing whatever anyone would have wanted of me and getting myself into bad situations where I didn't have the voice to say no or the words or the courage or anything. And that led into my eating disorder. I was severely bulimic for six years. No one knew. It was my, it was like my little secret. Like I, I was so just, it's so messed up to say I was so good at what I did that I can be at a baseball game at San Francisco giant stadium and like throw up in a bathroom in front of a million people in the stall. And I'm not proud of it at all, but I don't regret it looking back, even though it is the single hardest thing I've probably ever gone through. So long story short, I got my license as a health coach in 2018 and I graduated from high school in 2016. And I thought I wanted to be a health coach. And I'm like, no, this is hard. (laughs) I'm not ready for this. And it really just comes from the fact that I didn't have enough life experience to feel confident giving people advice. Mm. And then I went to Fiji with a mentor of mine and it was there where somebody told me, why don't you take your story and talk to youth? And after that, I, I never let that idea go ever. And it just rode with me and it made so much sense. So that's, Mm. that's it. That's kind of what got me started on that path. Amazing. Yeah, that's such an incredible story. And thank you so much, number one, 
for being so vulnerable here on the show and sharing all that you shared, because it is when we can be vulnerable like that and share it. I'm sure people are connecting, whether it's our listeners or if they have children themselves, teenagers or young adults. I have an 18 and 21 year old. So like when you're telling the story, my heartstrings are just being pulled. Like I could sit and cry, you know, that it's so beautiful that you're sharing that. Because uh, do you read Brene Brown at all? Are you familiar with Brene Brown? I'm familiar, but don't read like regularly. Yeah. Well, one of the things, so she, she talks about vulnerability and shame. She's like the researcher, the guru on shame and vulnerability. And one of the things that she says often is that when you keep shame in a Petri dish, it grows, right? You have to shine the light on it, take the lid off. And and basically what you're doing is you're putting it out there. You're taking all of your experiences. And like you said, I'm not proud of, or I, of the fact that I would throw up in front of a million people at a baseball stadium. And that if you kept that shame in, it's just going to grow. Right. But you're shining light on it and you're taking that experience and being vulnerable and helping others. And I think that's just absolutely beautiful. Thank you. And I say this all the time. I talk about the uh, law of conservation of energy. It states that energy can either be created or destroyed. It can only be transferred or transformed. Mm. So while we might think that we can just brush off a negative experience or circumstance by saying, oh, it's not that important. Oh, it's not that serious. Oh, I'm fine. I'm fine. While we think that pain is just going to go away, it doesn't. It sits inside of you and it manifests until, bam, triggered, bam, triggered, triggering moment until all of these things happen to the point where we do drugs and alcohol, where we do fight with our partners, where we do, you know, all of these things that we are not proud of. You have to release that energy somehow, journaling, meditation, exercise, therapy, like there's so many ways, but it's necessary. I a hundred percent agree. And I do have this little thought or belief system of my own, just from experience is that you often hear like teenagers when they're in high school, that is so normal and natural for them to experiment and drink and do drugs. Okay. Maybe at some point, initially the novelty of trying something new But what I have found and what I have seen is that people who start to use alcohol and drugs in high school, because I feel most likely they're numbing the pain, right? Pushing down the pain, the the trigger comes, oh, okay, I don't know how to deal with this emotion. Let me numb it with something. And even if you start out just by experimenting in high school, I find that because I'm 52 now and I see people, it doesn't end. It doesn't just like stop after the high school, college experience. It then becomes an addiction and it's lifelong. Can I read this quote? I actually yeah. just yesterday and it's so relevant. It's, it's <clears throat> here's what it says. I got high. Be- okay, wait. <laughs> I got high because I wanted to. Then it became a habit. Then it became a necessity. I got clean out of necessity. Then it became a habit. Now I live clean because I want to. Mm. And I think it's, it, it goes for exactly what you said. It starts as something we initially do because we want, but maybe subconsciously it could be something more. It could be a pain that we're trying to mask. And you have this friend over here that said, I have something that'll help. Here's some Adderall, like whatever it is. And then 
you kind of can't live without it almost. That's what it feels like. Yeah. Until your relationships are ruined, things are getting destroyed. And unfortunately, it happens to a lot of young people because we don't have the trust as much as it sucks to say the trust with our parents that our parents think we should have with the kid. We think our parents are only there to get us in trouble. And we think they just can't relate to what we're going through. So we do all these drugs behind their back and we go party behind their back. And it's, it's wild. It, it, it's wild. The dynamic between a young person and their parents, but mm-hmm. experimenting is a huge part of it. And, you know, I can't really speak on behalf of the parent, which is crazy, but um, that's what that made me think of. Yeah. Yeah. And I think it's so important too, you know, as, as Kim was saying, you sharing your story is so incredible because you're giving a voice to other young adults and teens to realize, oh, I'm not alone. Oh, she has the courage to speak up. Hey, maybe what would happen? I mean, it's like this beautiful cycle that you are helping others empower themselves because they see and trust you and that you've had the strength to go through all of that. And as you said earlier, too, that those triggers and all of that, we don't realize our traumas until someone points them out or we realize that, hey, there's trauma in all different forms. And the sooner we can understand and move through that, like you have, that's that empowering piece of stepping in and saying, this is just part of my journey. Now, what do I do with it? How do I cope? How do I get, use those tools? Like you said, like journaling therapy, whatever works for each individual person. So how do you encourage young adults and teenagers to start that process? I mean, obviously hearing you speak is a huge step in that process because now they feel more validated, not alone, you know, and that's a huge part of healing. Yeah. So I, I like to do activities that get them out of their shell and allow them to connect and say the things that maybe somebody else didn't know about them. It's kind of like we're getting to know each other. Mm-hmm. So one thing is we'll all stand up in a circle and we'll all take turns saying one thing about ourselves. That's pretty easy to say. And maybe one that's a little bit more challenging to say, you don't have to, nothing's no pressure. I do what the teacher does it. I talk about my obsession for the bachelor and bachelorette, whatever <laughs> it is what it is. Some of the boys laugh at me. Don't care. Okay. And Love then <laughs> we do some sort of step to the line activities. If anyone out there has seen freedom riders, if you yeah. have a wonderful movie where you're standing like at your, there's two different lines of people standing and you say, have you ever done this or done this. If you have done it, you step to the line. If you haven't, you don't. And the questions can range anywhere from, have you ever been to detention? And have you ever stolen or been arrested? And you can see just how much more alike than we are different by doing something like that. Because someone over here who's a straight A student, maybe she's like a blonde cheerleader, may have had her mother die in a car accident. And so did this, you know, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Somebody from a completely different like demographic. Maybe they grew up, you know, poor family. They could have had their mother die in a car accident. Wow. These two people who you never would think would come together and be friends are now coming together. Mm -hmm. And then the next thing that I do is I like to call people out and (laughs) I do it because I, at this point can see right through 
right through the little high school stuff going on. And so I like to play through real life scenarios with the kids. Like if your friend comes up to you talking about how she just got her heart broken by this guy, what would you say as a friend? Like, and I have people answer questions like that and like here, what would you say to help that friend who really needed you? And what would you say, like, what would you do if this person wanted to like fight you or something? And sometimes, you know, some of the guys will be like, it's on site. And I'm all, okay, it's <laughs> not exactly what I mean. But, um, you know, they're just being funny. Um, and I talk about how, you know, some of you guys have been bullied and some of you are the person who bullies and you know who you are. And the only way that you are going to get the most out of this, this as you can is if you are honest with yourself. Because you're probably thinking, who is this girl anyways? Like, oh, what does she know? Or what she's saying I can't resonate with it because I'm not thinking the same way, but there will be a moment in your life when you are struggling with something and you will remember one thing that I told you today, because I will probably be the only person that will ever tell you this. Mm -hmm. So it's in your best interest to listen for this hour that I have with you. Love that. And so those are just some of the things. Love that. And I love that you're, you know, you're the truth teller and you're calling it out and speaking your truth and encouraging others to speak those as well. And if not, you're able to, see behind it and be like, eh, you know what, I'm going to call you out because if no one else does, I want you to at least look at yourself and be honest with yourself because that's how you're going to move forward with more resilience and empowerment. Yeah. And, and oh, sorry. No, go. <laughs> I'll just say, and most people won't say anything. I'll mm-hmm. ask people if they have questions. I will, you know, try to get them as involved as possible. But the truth is, is some, if not most won't. And then I get seven DMs on Instagram after of people saying how much I inspired them, but how they were Aww. not going to be the one to speak them in class. And just is what it is. Right. And they're ready when they're ready. But the fact that they're reaching out to you afterwards speaks volumes to the yeah. beauty and the light that you're bringing into those opportunities to speak. And, that, you know, so I'm curious um, and usually we do this at the end, but I just want to bring it up now because I'm feeling called to it. So any of our listeners who may be teachers or may work with teenagers or young adults, I'm assuming people can, we'll have all of this in the show notes and we'll talk about this at the end again, but they can reach out to you to potentially look into speaking opportunities to have you show up, whether virtually or in person. So that that is something that you do offer and I mean, I'm sure we have teachers and people in administration who work with kids and, you know, you're just such an amazing resource and we got to get you to a billion. (laughs) Can't do it alone. No, I can't. That's right. Yes. I am here and available and ready to take speaking to the next level. Um, If that's something you want to get a hold of me for, you can just text speak to my number (laughs) 844-218-2979. It's a little keyword. So I'll know exactly what you want to talk about. I'll know exactly what it is. And let's talk about what you need and how we can give you the best outline for your specific audience as as possible. That's awesome. So you mentioned parents and and how, you know, the communication breaks down between teenagers and parents or young adults and parents too, because they don't know, you know, parents don't know how to transition into having young adults. Many of them don't, some do, you know, and, you know, that's obviously what I do, but and Kim does a lot of this as well and supporting people with through the hypnosis aspect. But what would be one of your biggest pieces of advice to parents 
to help them support their teens, their young adults, you know, because obviously a 14-year-old needs something than an 18-year-old and a 22-year-old, but really there's a lot of common threads regardless of the age of what a parent can do and how they can show up for their teenagers. So what, what would you tell parents in particular? I will always result and come back to storytelling. So the reason we feel disconnected from our kids, well, the reason we feel disconnected from our parents from a kid's point of view is because we're like, they don't get it. What do they know about what I'm going through? What, like, they just don't get it. Like, mom, don't even, like, just know. Your parents get it, okay? They've been there, but they are not sharing those stories about drugs and sex and violence or whatever it is. We're not sharing those stories with our kids to, I guess, protect them. Mm -hmm. But then they're going to learn from their friends. And you really want their friends being their sole information provider. They're not going to do their due diligence and do research they're going to believe whatever their friends tell them. Our peers are our biggest influences in our life when we're growing up. Right. So you, I, although, and again, I'm not a parent, so I can't speak on behalf of parents, but from my perspective and many of the people that I have seen worked with, et cetera, had my mom said, Hey, I know you're going through a breakup right now. Let me tell you about a breakup I went through and what I did instead of just being like, what do I do? You want some food? Uh, I'm here if you need me. Like, no, show them that you get it. Like, show them that you get it. And I'm not saying it's going to be easy. Right. I'm not saying, but it's, it's a great way to bring you guys together. Mm-hmm. And it could even lead to more possibilities. Like a lot of teens don't want to spend time at the house at all they just want to be gone always so maybe if there's more communication and more trust and love and showing them that i'm here to support and guide you through whatever it is that you're going through not to ground you for two months when i find out that you like totally went to a party then they might want to spend more time with you and then you can be like okay tuesdays are family nights or whatever And I think that's such a good point. I mean, so many good points, but you know, when they go to grounding, what does that have a teen do? They just get smarter of how to sneak around. Oh, I was the master at sneaking off. Yeah. I haven't even told my mom half the story. She might (laughs) hear me right now, but um, I got myself into a lot of situations that were very dangerous. But at the time, like 4am, I snuck out. It was a party. I would rather have a drunk driver drive me home, then call my mom. And that is messed up. Like yeah. God, I could, anything to keep me from telling my mom, I would rather get in the car with somebody who can kill me than tell my mom because I don't want to get in trouble. That's mm-hmm. not cool. That is not cool. And if mm-hmm. you are a parent that is making your child feel that way, you got to take a, you have to take a look at that. Cause exactly. I, I promise you, that's how a lot of people get in accidents like that is they don't trust their parents and they don't want to get in trouble. And mm-hmm. it's sad, but maybe whoever's hearing this can, you know, kind of analyze their own situation. That's a great invitation. I love how you just said that. That's an invitation to parents and getting the perspective from a teen, young adult, understanding that because that's what you know and you work with people through that, the teens and the young adults. So you know this is their experience. And so parents who are listening, take this to heart and take that invitation to hey, am I keeping lines of communication open? Am I going to punishment? Am I doing this? Because, and how is that helping your relationship? Because it's not. Yeah. You know? and, and I love the storytelling too, because 
parents need to have conversations that are difficult and whether or not they want to have them or not, it's important. And sharing, you know, you don't have to share every detail as a parent, but you can share enough that you're comfortable with. Just don't avoid those conversations at all because it's happening. And, and you burying your head in the sand as a parent is not creating connection and safety. Because like you said, you would way rather not tell your mom when you were growing up because you didn't want the consequence that would come from that because she didn't keep the, and that's not judging her. That's where she's at, where she was in her journey, but there is another way is what you're saying. I I totally was one. I was like that for sure, where I didn't want to share and do the storytelling because my belief system was, well, if I tell them what I did, that's just going to promote them to do it you know, which is in hindsight is crazy. And like, you know, as they got a little bit old, that's when they were, you know, 14, 15, maybe 13. But then as they got a little older, you know, I did start to tell them some stories and like one of the ones that was crazy and they bring it up all the time is that I'm five years older than my sister. So when my sister was 17 and she was going to her senior prom in high school. So I was maybe she, yeah, I guess she was 17. So that mean I was 22. So my parents were like, oh, we'll let Kim go along. She's the responsible one. She'll be there, <laughs> whatever. So it was, it was not the prom. It was the next day when they have the picnic, which is up in like Lake George campgrounds. And, you know, that's when everybody parties and drinks and so on and so forth. And I'm supposed to be there like being responsible and chaperoning and I'm 22. And there's these, it was also like a, um, it's called the Americade where all the bikers go to Lake George. So it was Americade weekend. There's all these people on motorcycles and, you know, we're just hanging out at this campground. This guy with the motorcycles, like, Hey, you want to go for a ride on my motorcycle? I did not know him all, at all. I just met him was like talking to him for five minutes. And I'm like, sure. I, you know, I'm 22 years old. Sure. I'll go, you know, we, I was gone for like two hours on this motorcycle. I had no idea where he was taking me. I had no idea, idea if I was ever going to come back. And I'm like, how could I ever tell that story to my daughter? Because what if she does the same? You know, so I was like, <laughs> so I understand the, the, the fear and storytelling. But what you're saying, Eden, is not necessarily. It doesn't necessarily promote the behavior. It doesn't, in my opinion, and to a degree, they might think, oh, they have, my mom was fine, so why wouldn't I be fine? But, you know, that's a good opportunity to perhaps bring in some statistics or just show, like, did you know there's a two out of three chance I wouldn't have gone home that day? There's a two out of three chance that I would have been dead right now and you would have never been born. Mm-hmm. Like, I luckily was, but there's a good chance that if you did the same, you wouldn't. And like, I've had friends die. I've had friends, this friends that I do think in, in trying to protect your kid, you can alter the way you're saying things just enough to where it's a little bit scary if they did it. Not like, turns out I was fine. And then I proceeded to get drunk and out of blast. <laughs> like perhaps don't say it like that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but, but try and yeah, tailor it in a way that would add some fear. Kind of like they do the every 15 minutes in school to show you, do you guys know what that is? Uh-huh. No, what is that? Oh, they do it all, all of the schools in Sonoma County, they do it. Oh man, it's um, mm-hmm. every single school here does it once every four years so that 
each of the classes will experience it one time in their, in their years in high school. It's a whole like staged play. They take about 15 people out of school. They just, they're out. They tell everybody that they've died basically. Oh, and, wow. and some people actually believe it, but most of us know that they're part of this act. Yeah. And then they put together this whole movie. We don't even know, like we're just living our day-to-day life anyways. And it's all leading up to this big school event that happens on the field outside. We're all sitting on the benches, the entire school. We watch this movie play on like a big screen. And it's basically people who we went to high school with people, usually in student government play the roles um, who have conducted this movie of, I went to a party, I got drunk mm. the next morning, we're hungover, but we have to go to school. And then they get in a car accident and they die. And this, they did a great job at producing the movie. It was awesome. Wow. When I saw it. And then when you're on the field waiting to see like what happens next, there's a big tarp on the field. They pull it off and you can see like the accident right in front of you. They have two cars that are basically like broken to pieces. Really? And it's all an act though. So wow. all the people in the cars with like microphones, like screaming and crying, they're like, ah, oh, like I'm in pain. There's an ambulance that comes in. The whole point is they're showing you right in front of your eyes what it's like to get in a deadly car crash. And then there's like police officers who come in and talk about stories that they've seen. People come in and talk about like how I killed somebody when I drank. Like it's this whole thing that it it takes place over the course of maybe like two weeks. Wow. Um, And it, uh, people cry. I surely cried a lot. And I don't know what the whole point of me telling you that story was, (laughs) but it's, um, it really gives us a very clear idea of what we don't want to end up like. So I, and I, so I think you started to share that story. So basically like, don't get on a motorcycle like I did and ride off into the sunset and sharing the, sharing. here's the story. These yeah. are real situations. And right. just cause I came through on the other end, doesn't mean you will. Exactly. If, that, if you do make this choice, right. We only really, most of the time we only take action when it's too late. Like, why is it always too little too late? You know, and it, it sucks, but we don't see things as being bad. We think, oh, that only happens on the news. Mm-hmm. Oh, that only happens to other people, not me. And mm-hmm. we're not going to get it through our head until like our sister dies. Like yeah. our dad goes to prison, like our whatever. And it's, I know we're getting a little morbid. This is like not about empowerment right now, but <laughs> I think, it's, you know, important conversations as well. So. But it does empower because it's showing here's information. Now, what are you going to do with it? How are you going to rise up? What changes are you going to make? So actually, I think it is about empowerment, sharing those stories like you're encouraging, you sharing your story. That is empowering because it's saying you have a choice. What's your choice? I think you're right. Again, we are so much more alike than we are different. And if we took the time to actually be friends and not enemies, friends, not foes, whatever, uh, then we would be such a better school dynamic and we can do that even with our friends by not just asking, Hey, what's up? Want to do some later? But like, how are you really doing? Yes, like yes. if we can all just leave today, go find a buddy, that one buddy that you can come to when you're actually hurting that alone can like take somebody from feeling so depressed and like everyone hates them to being like, Oh my God, there's hope out for me in the world. Cause high school is hard. Okay. Totally. High school is so difficult. It, it is. sucks. But yeah. There, there's ways to be happy through all of that. I love that. 
Um, any parting words before we always ask five questions at the end? Do you have any last minute, like really things you really want to get out there and share? I think the best thing that you can do for yourself is educate yourself. When I was in high school, I didn't know that what I was experiencing was an eating disorder. I didn't realize until I was on my journey to recovery and I started educating myself on the symptoms I had. And I'm like, oh, bulimia, there's a name for this. That's what I've been going through the past six years because no one talks about it. So find those role models, educate yourself, learn about what it means to be healthy and happy. If you're sad, do something about it. Talk to somebody. I promise you, you are not alone in this. There's always somebody who understands what you said what it is that you're going through. And then the next thing for all the kids out there, your parents, in most cases, love you to death. So they are not here to just inflict rules and they would much rather you tell them, mom, I had unprotected sex, even though it would suck to hear. And you'd be like, okay, uh, we, need, um, we need to talk, okay? You would much rather them tell you than go run off and you know, be unsafe. So even though the conversations are hard, do it. Your parents love you. And they're important conversations to have. Yeah. Love it. Okay. So the last five closing questions we ask. So just whatever comes to your mind. They don't, these are rapid like rapid fire. So we talk about the masks we wear in on this podcast a lot, the perfectionist mask, people pleaser, whatever mask, you know, we, we hide behind. So what would be a mask that you have worn a lot in your life or you may continue to wear? Like in terms of the pandemic mask or is this? No, that's exactly. Yeah. So not pandemic mask. So like, um, a figurative mask. Yeah. So like one where you want to always be perfect or you want to feel like you always have it all together. You have to do it all. What would that be? It would be, it would be having it all together. It would be, I'm fine. I'm all good. I'm not nearly as insecure as I really am. Like that's for sure that that I would wear. Love it. Love it. And you're going outside your mask. And that's what I love. You're taking it off because you are getting out there and you are speaking and you are sharing your truth. So yeah, it comes back and then you just peel it right back off. I love that. If you could go anywhere in the world right now, where would you go? Thailand. Oh, I want to go there so much. I want to go to Thailand. Yes. (laughs) Yes. Uh, What's your favorite way to take care of yourself? Ooh, I love me some good... I do love bubble baths, but I have such sensitive skin. I'm kind of allergic to a lot of bubbles. Mm. I get like rashes all over my body, which sucks, but I love a glass of wine. I love some homemade food. Not really a TV person. I don't really watch TV at all, actually. Except the bachelor, but, uh, Bachelorette, right? That. You, you got there. <laughs> yeah. Bachelorette is like the best self-care there is with a bath, with a glass of wine. Yeah. There you go. That's that sounds awesome and amazing. Um, if you have a bucket list, what's what's at the top of your bucket list? Number one. Oh my gosh, the top of my bucket list is to reach a billion. Yes, reach yeah. a billion yeah. people. Yes, speak on the world's largest stages, like the TEDx or not the TEDx. Yes, that is one of them. But it's uh, the ten X stage with Tony Robbins. Was right up there with him having lunch with Ed Milet. I'd kill myself. Mm. That you're going to get there I for was sure. I say you've already, no you're already envisioning it. So it's just a matter of yeah, keeping, you're gonna taking those steps that. and doing it. I see it. I really do. 
And you said you aren't a big reader, but if if there's a book or if not a book, go with a song or something, anything that resonates with you, what's one book that changed your life? I do like You Are a Badass by Jen Sincero. You're right. I don't read much, which is kind of sad because I do listen to audiobooks though. Same thing. Uh, oh my goodness. I have a lot of books that I want to read, but um, like I want to read the, um, what is it called? I have it right here. Millionaire Secrets, um, Jen Graz- or Jean Graziosi. I want to read a lot of the Tony Robbins books, but in terms of ones I've actually read, you know, I'm actually more of a podcast listener myself, so it's kind of hard to say. And podcast, Skinny Confidential. All right. Lifestyle, Ed Milet. Love mm-hmm. it. Speaker Lab for Speakers. Perfect. Love it. Thank yeah, that's you awesome. so much for yeah. sharing your wisdom and, you know, however many listeners listen to this, it's getting added to your billion. Exactly. I'm so excited. Thank you guys so much for having me. Yeah. My voice is not terrible. So I was going to say you did really, really well. Your voice was really good. So, you know, congrats on that. So if our listeners want to get in touch with you, we'll put it in the show notes, obviously, but how can they find you, reach you? You know what? I have been telling everyone I'm sick and tired of emails, so you can just text me. Again, yeah. the number is 844-218-2979. I do have a little gift for you if you text Excellent. me. Yeah, tell us about the gift if you would. G-O-L-D-E-N, all caps, to that number, 844-218-2979. It's a six-step process to just becoming aware of your thoughts, mapping out a game plan to reach your goals, and actually putting it into action. I have so many examples of how you can put it into action. Like Monday, do this. Tuesday, do this. Wednesday, do this. What are you going to do when you feel like giving up? What are you going to do when it gets hard? Like it maps out everything that I've learned in a nutshell. Ooh, sounds so good. That's right. awesome. awesome. We will put that in the show notes. We'll put your number in there. And then I think the other one was speak. If anyone listening wants to reach out to you and see what that would take and how to get you in front of more young adults and teens sharing your message. So golden and speak to your number are the two, two ones, Absolutely. right? Excellent. And if you, if you want access to, I have a free personal development course for it's really targeted towards people in or after high school. It's called Life After High School. You get your first course for free if you go to lifeafterhighschool.us, www.lifeafterhighschool.us. All right. So, Excellent. Yeah. Lots of free stuff going on. Okay. I got you. Yeah, that's <laughs> awesome. Oh my gosh. So much good stuff. I just love your energy. It has been so awesome having this conversation with you. Definitely. And thanks for pushing through your vocal cord challenges you're having with right now. And I have no doubt they're going to heal up and you're going to be out there screaming your message everywhere. Thank you so much, guys. Yeah. So thank you, everybody, for listening today. Or if you're watching us on YouTube, we so appreciate it. Don't forget to subscribe if you like what you hear. Um, Tia and I will be back next week by ourselves, but we have many more guest speakers lined up. We're just having so much fun with recording and putting out new content. So again, please um, like and subscribe and have a great day. Thanks everyone. Bye. Thank you for joining us for this episode of Masks Off. If you enjoyed this episode, please hit subscribe and share with friends and family. Check out the show notes for how to contact us. Remove your masks. Live your life. 
See you next time on Masks Off.